Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Death of the Dollar. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Monday, March 14th in the year 2022. And the world is spinning and the dollar is sliding And it's about ready to change in a big, big way that will affect everybody. No one's going to escape this. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the Bards Nation landing page on MyPillow. You can use your promo code there, B-A-R-D-S, for great savings. In this day and time, when there is so much stress going on, and there will continue to be, we need to take care of our health in many ways, and one of those is sleep. The products of my pillow are outstanding, and they really do improve your sleep. And I speak as personal testimony to this. Between the pillows, the sheets, and many of the other products there, they literally do enhance the quality of your sleep, and it's something that there is no value on that. With your promo code BARGE, you get tremendous savings. My pillow pillows are down to 19.98. Giza sheets are down to 60% off. Take advantage of those. Search to my pillow site. They've got many other products, many different versions of pillows, even pillows you can use in travel. You've got mattresses, mattress toppers, all sorts of great things, all of those to enhance the quality of life that we need. Sleep is valuable. And in a time like this, when sleep is going to get increasingly harder to get and do it well, take advantage of any products you can get to make that lifestyle improvement in your life. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Also, the Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com is the home of what I consider to be the Bible for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition. It has our founding fathers' documents worked throughout the scripture. It's a fantastic read, a high-quality Bible printed in the United States of heirloom quality. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, for 20% off on those Bibles. Again, thefoundersbible.com. Patriots, the moment we're in right now, we are all noticing the increase in gas costs. We're hearing the rhetoric from the deep state of claiming they're trying to push for war. They're talking about some new escalation in war, that there's going to be troops being sent on the ground. Morning Joe was literally setting up the whole false flag today that the Russians are going to use a bioweapon. And when that happens and the people die, we're going to have no choice but to rush in with our troops and to defend them. The deep state is on its, on its heels right now in a big way. And the strike that President Putin made into Ukraine was a devastating blow that has shifted the balance of power radically and changed the plans of the centralized NWO or what I call the Illuminati. Don't lose sight of the fact that this is still a war between elites at this point in time. 
There's two camps. I like the camp that's winning, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the utopian world that we are hoping for, or I should say an improved world on God's path. These are really important pieces to keep in mind because there's going to be a lot of turmoil coming up. But I think before we begin getting into this tonight, I want to play a piece. It's 7 minutes 58 seconds. I want you to listen to this piece. It lays out Ukraine brilliantly and the complicity of the United States. This piece was done on an anonymous channel, which I'm usually not a big fan of. But the the way it was done and the facts are extremely well composed. And so I want you to hear this as we kind of set the groundwork for, for tonight's discussion about the dollar. After the Russians secured Pentagon-run biolabs in Ukraine, the U.S. Embassy was caught deleting proof of this from their website. And when the Russians shared documents showing the Ukrainian Minister of Health ordering employees of these biolabs to destroy all deadly pathogens, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio asked the U.S. State Department if there was any truth to this. Undersecretary Victoria Newland not only confirmed the presence of the labs, but confirmed that they contain weaponized biological agents that they now fear the Russians will indiscriminately use to start a world war. The Pentagon calls them bio-research labs and containment labs and claim their clandestine operation is all somehow in self-defense. But they are admittedly creating and storing weaponized biological material. And so these biolabs are in violation of Article 1 of the Prohibition on Biological Weapons. During the past couple years, citizens of the world have been getting an advanced education on bioweapons. And the very same crooks we see foisting the Great Reset medical tyranny are involved in the Ukrainian bioweapons labs. This is all being paid for with tax dollars through the Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the DTRA. U.S. company Black & Veatch has been working closely with the DTRA building bioweapons labs since 2003. Black & Veatch share an office in Kiev with Metabiota, who signed an $18.4 million contract with Black & Veatch in 2014. Metabiota got their start in 2015 with funding from Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, who gave Metabiota $30 million to help protect the world from the spread of epidemics. This is the very same Rosemont Seneca that was mysteriously wired $3.5 million from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. And the very same Metabiota partnered with Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, the group that Dr. Fauci used to funnel money to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function research in 2014. In 2014, Metabiota, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology were together researching infectious diseases deriving from Chinese bats. Metabiota is working with known CIA front InQtel. It is funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, the NIH, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Google, and the National Geographic Society. Metabiota's founder, Nathan Wolf, sits on the board of EcoHealth Alliance and is a member of DARPA's Defense Science Research Council. In 2012, he wrote a book titled The Viral Storm, The Dawn of a New Pandemic Age, 
wherein he thanked his friends, pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and biotech venture capitalist Boris Nikolic. Boris Nikolic was named Jeffrey Epstein's successor executor upon his death. Wolf has also been seen hanging out with Ghislaine Maxwell on multiple occasions. He is also one of Klaus Schwab's young global leaders, trained on how to enact the Great Reset Agenda being directed by the World Economic Forum. Russia claims the Pentagon has over 30 biolabs in the Ukraine alone. China claims they are operating 336 biolabs in 30 different countries. And now, members of our corrupt U.S. government are saying this is all a Russian conspiracy and that we should soon expect a false flag attack from Russia. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. For years now, Russia has made verifiable claims that the U.S. is running secret biological weapons labs around their borders. And while Western media now claims this to be misinformation, back in 2013, they reported on it. While the United States have been waging illegal wars all across the world in the name of democracy, Russia has been quietly selling energy and minding their own business. And according to National Geographic, this was the reason why the Pentagon was building these bioweapons labs in the first place. Because Russia was entirely quiet on the subject, and the U.S. wanted to get ahead of them. The initial biolab in Kazakhstan was built by the U.S. for $100 million to store high-risk diseases such as plague and anthrax, and was hoping to attract scientists who might otherwise create biological weapons of mass destruction for someone else in order to keep the world safe. The U.S. has since built several labs in Kazakhstan. Most recently, a biosafety level 4 lab to be completed in early 2022. As early as 2004, the Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, DTRA, began creating a network of biolabs for infectious diseases in Uzbekistan. And within a few years after operations began, outbreaks of unknown diseases were reported in the same areas as the labs. In Georgia, leaked documents show that the U.S. Embassy has been transporting deadly pathogens and human blood as diplomatic cargo in a scheme where private U.S. contractors working for three different U.S. biolabs have been given diplomatic immunity to do so. Shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine, At War Clandestine released a video with maps of U.S. biolabs matching up with maps of the recent attack, suggesting that Russia was securing these top-secret biolabs. Western media claims this is false, but fails to debunk it. And once the video goes viral, the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine is caught deleting evidence of these labs from their website but not before an independent journalist was able to copy documents showing 11 Ukrainian biolabs funded by the Pentagon. The Russian embassy to Bosnia has accused the U.S. of filling Ukraine with biolabs, which were very possibly 
used to study methods for destroying the Russian people at the genetic level. And so, what isn't threatening about the U.S. encircling Russia with top-secret biolabs? And who on earth thinks it's a coincidence that everyone involved in the United Nations Great Reset are now the Ukraine's greatest allies of all time? The mercenaries and war profiteers in America are getting excited about making short-term profits off the dead. But the only ones who will benefit from this war are the crooks at the top who have been caught committing the most heinous crime against humanity in all of recorded history. And the only righteous way out of this is to hold these crooks accountable. Accountable. Injustice. Totally. That was a fairly intense laydown of what we're dealing with, and it's something to reflect on very deeply because we are not the good guys here. So I want you to think about something here, and it's important. And I think it's an important piece to hope that Putin and she have some mercy. And while I am in no way um, advocating for some sort of a lethal response, the fact of the matter is, had somebody done this to us, we would be devastating their country in many different ways. We'd be launching the CIA to do some sort of color revolution, which is exactly what they did to us on November 4th. We would be looking at hitting strategic targets. And potentially, we might even do a direct hit and annihilate them. Most probably, we would wage an economic warfare on them and completely bankrupt their economy. We've done this over and over. And in the process, as we create an instability, we would simply bomb them and destroy them into submission. And then there would be massive civilian casualties. Now, what keeps that from happening with Russia is they have a larger nuclear arsenal than us. The fact of the matter is that our policies have been that the civilians in the end of the day will pay a price for the government that rules them. That has been part of our modus operandi. I want you to let that sink in because these crimes that you're talking about here that the United States has been part of have been part of the development of a new breed of weapon systems called genonomic weapon systems. Genonomic weapon systems. They are essentially an ethnic cleansing bioweapon. They are able to target specific ethnic sections of people and populations to eliminate them or to make them incompatible. So <clears throat> it is essential to understand that we were deeply involved in the development of those weapon systems to use against Russia. The fact that this is a deep state-run government doesn't change the fact that it was or the money was originating from our pockets, from our taxpayer dollars, and using it to leverage a dollar, which is the world's reserve currency, to use that funding and all the debt that we've created to leverage that to create a weapon system to wipe out Russia ultimately. And Russia, what makes them such a big target they're not part of the Rothschilds-run banking system. Every single politician, every single person in the media, every single corporation that is supporting the actions of Ukraine is complicit in this ultimately as a crime which would have waged war against Russia using genonomic, genonomic weapon systems. Let that sink in. This is not a country of peace this has become a government of fascism 
and operating at the same level and mentality of the Nazis. But we're dealing with a, an, an administration that is particularly compromised when it comes to Ukraine. Listen to this short piece with Steve Bannon. I want to, and Bill Barr's new book, In Letters. I want to talk about letters. In October of 2020, there was a letter signed by, I think, 50 or 100 intelligence, many intelligence professionals, Bush administration, but particularly Brennan and this crowd, that said that the hard drive from hell, the laptop of hell, now let's leave aside the, I know you come for the pornography, but you stay for the compromise, right? The, the, the showed the compromise of the Biden family as a business partner to intelligence assets and state-owned industries of the Chinese Communist Party. Yet I had a letter in the New York Times, a big full page, that had, I think, 100 or so intelligent, Brennan, 50. Clapper, 50, all these guys saying, no, this is Russian disinformation. And Barr in his book kind of misses, I, I don't see where Bill Barr mentions much about the hard drive from hell that showed us before an election about the Biden family being completely compromised, right. completely, totally compromised as part of the elites of a managed decline nation that is compromised by not just uh, honey trapped, which his son was, but compromised Joe Biden and his brother by cash money. So when I talk about the elites in this country, uh, Frank Gaffney, you've been an expert in this. We know as a matter of record, and that laptop from hell is his laptop. There's no question about that. There was no question at the time when Rupert Murdoch's New York Post did the due diligence and put it forward as we did the show and we were banned for Twitter. And the lawsuit against Twitter later on when we're in power, wait for it. Because you took it down because we talked about Biden's compromise. How can you be a great power? When the people that run the country are compromised, and we know they're compromised in the national security intelligence aspect, including many uh, Bush appointees, sit there and lie. Those 50 officers knew they were lying at the time. Because they're not part of our government. They're part of a New World Order government. And that's, though they are American citizens. Did you know, by the way, that 80% of the Ukraine's government are American citizens? 80%. So I want you to start getting the picture of what we're dealing with here. A direct hand of U.S. operations and likely intelligence operators that are involved in a process to exterminate in a country while they're waging war on us with a bioweapon called a vaccine. This is a global war to eliminate millions of people. So what's at the core of all of this? And most of this is we keep hearing about the Great Reset. And what is that? And what makes Ukraine so important is Ukraine has been their proxy state to funnel through money, to develop the bioweapons that they can use to suppress the world, turn them into fear, control them, ultimately force the societies into a compliance, into this new WEF, World Economic Forum, control part of the NWO, which is not New World Order, it's Nazi World Order. This is still the same fight that we were in in World War II. That never went away. And that OODA loop that we're in, we're constantly recycling because we're not able to know the truth of the fact that the Nazis didn't just give up, walk away, and become good people. They infiltrated. And that got the help of the CIA and the OSS that helped move many of them under Operation Paperclip into our governments. And they filtered into many of the industries from biomedical into financial and into the military-industrial complex. The financial arm of this is huge because what has happened now 
since post-World War II is the dollar has become the world's reserve currency. That means that everything in the world is translated to dollars. And with that, it has allowed us to live a very comfortable life, to have things at a very affordable cost, to always keep prices stable no matter how much our government uses debt. We tend to keep relatively stable. Our taxes don't get too crazy, but it's at the cost of sovereignty of everyone else in the world. Here's a four-minute, 26-second piece I want you to hear. A very simple laydown on what this reserve currency is and how it works with other nations. Now, what is the reserve currency? It is a currency that is used around the world, that is accepted everywhere, and that tends to be very solid and stable in value. Ever since 1945, the reserve currency of the world has been the U.S. dollar. And so, for instance, I'm in Japan. I'm a Japanese whatever. And I need to buy some good or service from India. India uses rupees. I, in Japan, use yen. But we fix the price of the good or service that I'm going to buy in dollars. And it might take, for instance, three months for this good or service to change hands from India to Japan. This is quite typical, especially insofar as factories and, and large organizations are concerned. And so what will happen is that, see, during these um, three months, I will make various payments to India, but they will all be in dollars because the entire transaction is made in dollars because the dollars tend to be stable in value. And that means that the Indian supplier and the Japanese buyer don't have to be worried about currency fluctuations of the yen or the rupee because the price has been set in dollars, the reserve currency. Now, the Indians get dollars when me in Japan, when I buy their good or service. Now, the Indians, of course, take those dollars and they use those dollars to buy other things from other countries. For instance, they might uh, buy uh, goods or services from Chile, where I'm actually from. The Indians might buy whatever from Chile, copper, for instance, from Chile. Chile is a great producer of copper. And so what are they going to use to buy that copper? Dollars, the reserve currency. And the Chileans are going to be happy to accept those dollars because they're going to take those dollars and they're going to use them to buy whatever from whatever other country. And so you see, the dollar is the international currency. That's what reserve currency means. And this is great for the American government and the American people. Because what happens is that, see, all these foreigners, they need dollars for their exchange and trade. And so what do they do? They all go out and take their local currency, be it the yen, the rupee, the peso, the whatever, and they go out into the open market and buy dollars. Now, when you buy something, that is when you have a demand for it, it increases in value. It has support, price support, right? Because many people are buying it because they need it for whatever reason. And in the case here, they need it for trade. And so people will buy the dollar and that keeps up its value. And this is good for the United States, for the United States government and the American people. Because since everybody wants dollars for their international trade, the United States government can issue debt confident that other countries will buy that debt. They will buy that debt because the dollar is a strong currency that everybody's demanding. And therefore, debt issued in dollars is going to be very stable. And so these foreign countries buy treasury bills, treasury bills, treasury bonds. What are they? They're IOUs, 
They're little bits of paper that give a little bit of interest, and the U.S. government hands them out, gets those dollars from whoever buys those treasury bonds, and uses those dollars to fi finance, you know, defense spending, uh, social programs, all the other stuff that the U.S. government does. And all the other stuff that the U.S. government does, of course, affects your life, makes your life better. And so that's how the U.S. government can go into deficit spending. Because for any other country in the world, the government that has large deficits, it could not long endure. It would have to do one of two things. Either cut spending, i.e. cut social programs or cut defense spending or cut whatever, or raise taxes, one or the other. That's what every other government in the world would have to do. But the United States, because it has the reserve currency status, it doesn't have to cut spending and it doesn't have to raise taxes. Essentially, the American people, by way of the, uh, the um, reserve currency status of the dollar, the American people can uh, have their cake and eat it too. And that's what we've become accustomed to, unfortunately. And it's allowed us to sit on the sideline and simply shake our head and be frustrated with massive debts like $30 trillion right now, knowing that 80% of the dollars in circulation were printed since 19, since 2020, by the way, just in the last two years. And that's what it's allowed this government to run unchecked because they can continue to press this debt onto the rest of the world, which takes away anybody's ability to have sovereignty of their nation. The number one opponent to this system has been Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has been the one who's been pushing for Russian sovereignty in the currency. So it shouldn't surprise you that before he went into the operation in Ukraine, they made sure they had no holdings in U.S. bonds. The mix of capital that funds Russia is approximately 16% gold, about 27% Chinese yuan, and about 23% euro and with some dollars in the mix of that. But gold is the foundation for what they have. And so when the U.S. went about, has gone about sanctioning him, the, predict, the response to the, in, the incursion in Ukraine was predictable. And in my argument, I think that this was very much one of the most masterful chess moves ever pulled on the board. Because what he did going in there is, while he had traded his what he basically was doing was trading his, his ability, his country's ability to function on the SWIFT system, which is what moves the money around the world, run by the Federal Reserve and the central banks. And he traded his ability to function on the debt system of Visa, MasterCard, and PayPal. He traded that in exchange for the commodities, critical commodities that he gained out of Ukraine and prevented, in my opinion, a bio-attack that was imminent on his country and was probably going to be the next launch of the new, quote, Pandemic 2 or 2.0. So right now, Putin has critical assets that the West, in particular the United States, needs for its industries. Titaniums, a, a, a neon-type uh, gas that's used specifically for developing high-level microchips, and much more. Oil is another one. It makes up about 3% of our total purchases, but it's still significant. And in pulling these things away, what Putin has done now is required that you can't pay for these things in dollars anymore. You have to pay for them in ruble. 
Well, the currency that has always been there has been the principle that everyone's going to exchange everything in dollars, but now Putin has broken away. And when they took away the debt systems like Visa, MasterCard, and PayPal, within 48 hours, they switched to what's called the mirror system. This is very important to appreciate how quickly that switch happened, which tells you how much preparation was going in to preparing for the break and shift away from the federal banks, the federal and central bank system, Federal Reserve and central bank system. You don't switch to a system like that overnight. They had it all prepared and ready to go. And within 72 hours, Russian banks were already reissuing credit cards to all of its holders based on the mere system. You're seeing the death of the Fed. You're seeing the death of the central bank system. The problem is we're at the center of that epicenter. And that's something you have to realize is it's not going to leave us unimpacted. In fact, it's going to be very devastating in my opinion as it comes towards us. Listen to this two minute and 38 second piece on the petrodollar. It had a new name, the petrodollar. Your currency is only as strong as the demand for it, just like anything else, the supply and demand. Why the petrodollar is important, it causes a demand for the US dollar. A lot of Americans don't realize that over 70% of all the $100 bills in the world are actually outside of the US. There's more $100 bills in Russia than there are in America. This stockpile of US dollars in countries around the world is because oil is bought and sold using the greenback. If oil starts trading in non-petrodollars, such as gold or a basket of currencies, or if China and Russia start trading in yuan and ruble rather than US dollars, that demand isn't there. And the way of life for the average American will be done. It will be worse than the Great Depression. To date, anyone who's potentially threatened the status of the petrodollar hasn't fared well. Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi publicly pushed for a pan-African gold-backed currency that he would trade for Libya's oil. He was killed during a U.S.-backed revolution in 2011. And just a few short years before, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein advocated selling oil for euros. At this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. The U.S. invaded under the guise of looking for WMDs. Iraq did not have any weapons of mass destruction. And interestingly enough, after the Americans invaded, took over, put in their own government, the whole concept of selling oil in euros never surfaced again. Today, many countries resent the current petrodollar system. Their leading spokesperson is none other than Russian President Vladimir Putin. Americans should be very worried about what Putin can do. There is a new Cold War going on. It is the Colder War. That is exactly what's going on. And who's in the center of this push? Vladimir Putin. And the petrodollar is so crucial to the Colder War. The only thing holding America right now at the top is the petrodollar. And let me make it very clear. If the petrodollar dies, so does America as a superpower. It's that simple. If the petrodollar falls, we lose all of our buying power and all our leverage. Now, I, I tend to be a bit of an optimist and figure there's probably 
a replacement system ready to go? Because that's been tremored or rumored for years, even before President Trump. But the problem is we're going to be in a challenge of who wins this fight. Because the WEF, the World Economic Forum, runs our government and runs the Fed. And what we need is a sovereign currency, a currency that's not tied to the Fed, but's tied strictly to the U.S. and its sovereign rights and doesn't try to leverage everybody else's debt or leverage our debt on everybody else. Right now, we're in a very critical moment in time. We're occurring, we're moving into what is essentially a concept called an SDR, which is special drawing rights, and it's a basket of currencies. And what was happening the minute that Putin left or the, the Western control and he started to require that oil would be no longer allowed to be purchased in dollars, you had to buy it in, in rubles, India started buying it and converting rupees to rubles. China's now been buying his oil, converting yuan to rubles. And there is a good exchange going there because Putin has a solid base in there in the Russian central bank system of other currencies that they can exchange with. The impact on us is going to be potentially very severe. And I will tell you, if this proves not to be severe and we get by with this easily, hey, I'll be happy just like everybody else. But all of the things that we're seeing here, the rise in gas costs, the rise in food costs, while you're hearing it said it's inflation, what it really is is it's the loss of the world reserve currency and prices are now starting to come about in our world that are more realistic to what other parts of the world are facing. But they're very, very conscious of the fact that the dollar is now rapidly imploding. And as I said with Canada, when Canadians started to do a run on their banks, what we learned from that was that the banks weren't ready to roll out their new CBDC. Very critical insight. It just hasn't been looked at enough because the white paper that occurred after that was that COVID passes weren't going to be accepted globally from a province and that they had to have a nationalized digital ID, but the banks revealed that they did not have their new central bank digital ID ready. In fact, the QR code, which was central to it, was uh, decided that the country, uh, Deutsche Telekom, would develop the standardized QR code during the occupation or protest in Canada. That's how far behind they are. So the Great Reset model, in my opinion, was probably two to three years out further before they were ready to roll this whole thing out. Now, as we're going to hear here, there's a panic on this Biden administration, this central bank-run administration, to accelerate the CBDC here in the States. Of this economy and the collapse of the dollar. And I want you to, I want you to listen carefully. Yesterday, or day before yesterday, no, it was yesterday that they actually um, announced and, and showed it, the new executive order to develop a plan to regulate cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Now, this is being heralded as a good thing because they kicked the can down the road. And that's true. And that's what's getting the headlines. However, however, it's inevitable that the government is going to attempt to regulate Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. We all know that's coming in one form or another. But something else that was tucked into that was worse. Something that has much bigger implications for the future of America than even anything happening in Ukraine or Russia. The same in the same White House announcement instituting new regulatory schemes for cryptocurrencies. 
They also said they are going to direct the Treasury Department to urgently study the development of a potential U.S. central bank digital currency, a new digital dollar. Urgently study. Well, we know they, the, the, the Fed is already doing a study and have been doing a study with the Hamilton Project with MIT on this. For a long time, we've shown you the Treasury white papers all about digital currencies and what they plan on doing with the U.S. Fed dollar. They've done all of this. They've done it for the last few years. We know because we've seen their own white papers. But here's what they're doing now. Now they're making it public and with new urgency. They say within the next six months... The government is going to roll out a plan to create a new digital currency. This will mean the destruction of the dollar is coming. Your dollar is coming. Been warning about this for years. And the golden opportunity with the chaos in Ukraine, I think, has opened the door for the Biden administration because of inflation, gas prices, oil, everything, everything about your life will be different soon. That was Glenn Beck. And he's right. No matter what happens here going forward, everything about the way we look at money and exchange will be will not be the same. Everything will it will affect everything in our lives. The central bank's concept, the WEF, the World Economic Forum's concept of money is that money is no longer yours. It's an asset and a liability that they control. So when they extend it to you, it's their liability, which means that they can control everything that you do with it. We've talked a bit about that before, but it's very important to understand that the central bank digital currency, the CBDC, functions through a digital app that will eventually function through an embedded chip or something like that or some sort of genetic marker on you. That was the whole premise of this Vax and was also part of the injection that they were putting in people to put digital trackers in everybody so that they understood where every single person was at a time. All this is part of their integrated system, a 5G integrated grid that eventually becomes a 6G integrated grid with an artificial intelligence backend that is monitoring and tracking every single bit of your behavior. And with that, it's a determinant then based on how you behave, how you speak, what you write, and how you pay your bills, what your social credit score will be. And in so doing, they will determine then what your access to money is, what your payment, what your interest rates will be, whether you'll even be allowed to get access to your money at all or what you'll be able to buy. They'll also determine by population, by segments, by individual even, whether you should even be able to feed yourself or if you're spending too much money on certain types of foods that are going to cut you back. This is the complete and total control of the population. We are in the phase now of witnessing this rollout. Putin has been retracting away from the Western model. China is pulling away from the Western model. But we don't really know, honestly, in the news we have, we can't even grasp an accurate view of what's going on in China because they're already they're in a place right now where the news coming out of there is channeled so much through, this, through our corrupt media, which is in concert with the, the CCP. What we do know is on a world level, there are some massive things happening. 
Some of this has been engineered. Some of this is just a result of the broken supply chains and a variety of other things, which all tied in with the World Economic Forum's shift. We know that there's shortages of food. We know that there's shortages of fuel. And we know that those are coming like a freight train. There's no avoiding that piece. So for those that are excited and to understand why, I get it that we're seeing the death of the Fed. Retract your excitement and focus on the here and the now. There is going to be a massive increase in costs. Those costs are going to hit everybody at the pocketbook. Already people are having to choose between food and fuel, mortgage and food. These are devastating choices to have to make. We already have an unbelievably explosive population of homeless. That's going to get worse. And we already have malnutrition as a standard part of the child's upbringing in the United States. And let us not forget about our elderly. With this whole explosion of things, so many systems are going to be tasked. How are care homes going to deal with elderly when they can't pay, they can no longer afford to even get the right care for the providers because the dollar is no longer buying what it used to buy? We are truly in a place right now of being challenged on every single level because the world's reserve currency, which was the dollar, is now being shifted and being rightfully destroyed. The world cannot be free, cannot be sovereign without, if you're tied to a reserve currency. But that impact is going to hit us very heavily and probably in, in many ways harder than most nations because we are, of, of the nations, we are probably more dependent on convenience and material consumption than any other place on the world. Because success here is not rated by your self-sufficiency. Success here is rated by how much material crap you can accumulate in your life. This is a very important time for us to take a real respect perspective. And it's an important time for us to prepare. I've been talking a lot about this. I told you I talk about it every night this week until you get sick of it. You need to take preparation seriously. If at the end of this, if I'm wrong and we come through this with shining colors and the Q guys are all right that there's going to be some heroic saving and no one's going to have any shortages, okay, then we've done the right thing to prepare. But the math doesn't add up, and I'm not going to play that sort of naive and what I consider to be over-optimistic view. There are going to be shortages. It's going to be tough. And it's going to require many of us to come together and work together. And that's meaning that each of us needs to take the responsibility to get resources in your home to make sure that you can self-sustain. And it doesn't have to cost a mint. As I said last night, you can live off of rice and beans. But whatever you do, make sure your preps are about six months, that you can have food in your basics and grains and legumes for about six months. Make sure you have water for at least a couple of months. Make sure that you have, and if you're doing medicines, that you have medicines for about three months. The disruptions are going to be fairly significant as this continues to slide. And at what rate it's going to slide, we don't know. This is kind of like watching a controlled demolition because there are people that are literally trying to bring it down. But as events as we've just witnessed with Ukraine happens, things can change very suddenly. And in this fight of trying of elites fighting each other and one group of elites trying to take out another, the end of the day, we're on the bottom end of that trickle down. 
and we're all going to have to carry some of that burden, that water ourselves. The rightful choice of what's going to happen here is that the dollar, the Federal Reserve dollar has to die. It has to be destroyed and can never, ever rise again. To what extent we actually have gold to back this up, we don't have any firm positions. I'll hear people tell me all the time, well, we got the gold from the Vatican. We got the gold from here. Okay. But we don't have any hard numbers to know where that actually sits, and we have no definitive proof. And decoding stuff like gold fringes on flags at, at Trump's rally with 19 of them doesn't tell us anything. I say all that because it's too easy right now to get swept up in these decodes and these things that are not relevant to the facts that sit before us. We are sitting in a very critical time that each person has to take their own responsibility to ensure that you're going to be okay. And if you aren't doing that, you're going to become a liability on another neighbor or somebody else because you fail to do your job as an American. And that is to prepare for what could potentially be an unbelievable unraveling of the economy. I would very much like to see this transition go smoothly. But every economist, everybody that's been talking about this for the last 50 years, from Bill Cooper to the John Birch Society to many others have warned, to, to Rickards himself, have warned that this day was coming. And when it comes, things are going to really spin out of control. And once the economy starts to spin out of control, it doesn't rapidly recoil. Even at the best of scenarios, if you're going to go through three or six months of turbulence, it's three or six months of hell for some people. So make sure you're preparing. We're getting to a place now where the choices that we're going to put before us now are going to be critical. The WEF's option is going to be the CBDC. And that is going to be tied in one way or another to a digital pass. The thing that we don't know, we have no idea about, is what the option is going to be that's not a central bank offering. And it's going to make it even more complicated because, as I've said before, if you listen carefully to the two paths that are fighting, you have the, this group of elites that are fighting this extremist elites. None of them are denouncing the fourth industrial revolution. None of them are saying ban the vax. None of them are stepping back from transhumanism. All of them are talking about advanced AIs, quantum, and these things lead to all these other traps potentially like digital passes, digital money, and all of them seem to want mass surveillance. That's where we have to make hard decisions as to how we're going to conduct ourselves in this economy. But the dollar is dying. The prices will increase. The fuel costs will continue to increase. All of that is happening. So you need to keep yourself ready at all times. You need to continue to improve your preps in your house and make sure, most importantly, that the, yourself and your family have the basics for at least six months. That's a critical. And that will ensure that what we go through now will be a smoother transition. It'll take the burden off of this kind of welfare relationship we have with corporate and government and start positioning people to more effectively pivot into a more sovereign lifestyle that has to be if we're going to succeed and get through this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for this time that we've come together. We thank you for all that has been shared and all that's been revealed. Lord, in this time, we're going to be heavily challenged with a lot of changes that are happening to our world. A lot of the things that we've become accustomed to are going to, in our relationships that are tied in one way or another to a financial system are going to be shaken up. And so we pray, Lord, that you can help us through this, guide us with discernment that we can see clearly the path ahead. These are difficult times. There's going to be many people that will be suffering. And so it is up to us to find those ways to reach them, to help them, to provide them with means to get on their feet, to develop a plan and start guiding forward to give themselves a sense of living in sovereignty and responsibility in their own lives. And central to that, Lord, is the connection to you and through our, to our Savior, Christ Jesus. So guide us in this time. Lead us as you need us to, to go. And help us bridge, build the bridges necessary to keep things focused, stable, and forward-leaning in all that happens in these coming days, weeks, and months. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Challenging times, patriots. It's going to just, the disruptions are going to happen. Like I say, to what degree, we don't know. The latest Q posts are trying to say that this is not going to be, there's not going to really be any disruption at all. I have a very hard time buying that. And if that happens, hat tip to the great guys that are organizing this. But at the end of the day, if you look around and you're seeing these prices go up and you're seeing the shortages starting to occur, it is a very real issue that we're facing. And it is something that it would be irresponsible for someone not to take it seriously. Now, just so I say this, and it's necessary, I am not a financial advisor. I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. So the things that I share here are my opinions. If you what you need to do is research and dig for yourself. It's important. You make your own determination. I research this every day. This is the position I'm holding, and I feel that the safest and smartest thing for people to do is to prepare and to limit your, your, your exposure to a volatile market and to an unbelievably volatile dollar that is heaving right now in its death throes as the world retracts from the Federal Reserve currency as we try to shift in one way or another towards a sovereign currency of the true United States. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. Prayers right now, patriots are central to keeping that bond and that connection with who we are in tying deeply with Father and listening to that guidance that he's providing each and every day. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. So, patriots, keep your head up. I'll see you tonight for Bards F for uh, Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty.
every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. 
We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.